Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! Podcast. My name is Sunny. I am here with my co-host, Caleb. Hello! And I, I don't know why I had that... that oh, why fit. you had that hello just chambered uh, up and ready to go? Why, what was... What is that called again? Falsetto! It's a, I don't know why I had a falsetto there. For no reason. <laughs> Have you been listening to a lot of Queen lately? No. Have you been watching JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? No. Is it JoJo's Bizarre Adventure or Cowboy Bebop where they have the stands? That's that's JoJo. Okay, but one of them looks a lot like Freddie Mercury, doesn't he? No. Oh. I thought there was one that looked like Freddie Mercury. No, but JoJo has a stand named Queen, named Killer Queen. That's what it is. That's what it is. It has nothing to do with the band Queen. Okay, but aren't they all named after famous bands or musicians, basically? Uh, from part four onward. Sure. Part one, it's a collar plus a uh, uh, tarot tarot sigil. Oh, okay. Like, like purple hermit, uh, star platinum. Uh, oh, I'm trying to remember some of the some of the other ones. Uh, silver chariot, emerald. I don't remember what Kakuines Stan's name was. I have no I feel awful. earthly idea what you're talking about right now. I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, I have never watched, read, or seen anything about... And of course, Zewaddle! That's going to be an awesome reference for the people that know what you're talking about. <laughs> Number 26, Zewaddle, the world. Number 25, Force Focus. <laughs> Funny story about Force Focus, but we are going over here, so... Okay, so... Patrons, let's go. All right. A huge thank you to all of our patrons, of course, and we like to read all their names off at the beginning of the episode. So a huge thank you to 
Cam Yang, Austin Johnson, Kane Martin, Gate Guardian Support, HGH Cyber, Madam Vera Smugness, Marshawn Jones, Zephyrus, Zephyrius, AD, Anthony Leela, Blackwing Silverwind the Ascendant is a Floodgate, Branded Fart, Damian Zink, Dank Nugs, Earth Machine, Be Best Deck, I am McLincoln. If I'm so cheesy, then I must be all American. <laughs> That's been there for several times. I know. It is, is that a reference to something? Don't look at me like that. Is it? No, it's just a joke. All American cheese. Okay. All right. I, I see. I see the joke there. I do, but I feel like there's a reference there too. There might be, and I just don't get it either. We are plebeians. True. Anyway. Mountain Man, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Pig, Rabina Go Chirp Chirp, Rudolph, the Hoover Dam is a floodgate. Thank you. That's true. <laughs> that one is. That is a factual statement. Oh my god, I just read the next one. Tin Dangle D's nuts. Haha, <laughs> got him. <laughs> got him! Oh my god. I and and the 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 profile picture of the dude from the the big blue-headed guy no no women uh oh from megamind yeah megamind yeah yeah it's the profile picture where he, you know he's like <laughs> that just makes it better <laughs> oh i think that used to be no that one's still here too okay um Unbanned number 95, Konami, understanding and reading are two different things. Virtually Savior's World, Zingus Khan, Aaron Gardner, Appaloosa, Floodgate of the Goddess. Appaloosa <laughs> is the one true Floodgate. Asami, Dragon Maidenless Behavior, Fragrant Lies, Occupy Obsessed Deniers, Granted, Appaloosa the Eternal, oh, Guaranteed, Appaloosa the Eternal. Libermancer Best Deck, Maxi Solves Combo, Mystic Mind Duelist, Nordic Best Deck, Old Man Red, Pin Code 143, Ray Powell, Shockmaster Did Nothing Wrong, Slaking It Up, and VFD's Nuts. Thank you all so much for your continued support. No thank you for all of the stupid names you make me read on a day-to-day -day basis. Oh, my throat hurts already. I'm I, laughing too hard. I just... I can't. Tin dangle these nuts. Got him. There's... No, no. It says, ha ha, got him. No, I in know. In the name. I, uh, no, I believe you. I, ble I, like, I heard that the first time. You know, this is the cool part about being a podcast. I can spend, we can spend the first five minutes of the episode just molding about these names. Oh, no, no, I'm enjoying this. I would be enjoying it more if you were the one reading it, but since I'm the one reading it, I don't know, I'm conflicted. <laughs> All right, of course, before we get too much farther in, we do want to take just a moment to thank a couple of sponsors. I know we're already getting like way into the episode, but I'm just going to hit you with them real quick a huge thank you to of course dragon shield sleeves dragon shield is a card game accessory maker they make all your sleeves deck boxes binders play mats things to protect the cards that you spend all of this money on if you listen real closely you can hear caleb shuffling those cards in the background oh yeah you get a little hand shuffle action yeah yeah just like that so, of course, we want to thank Dragon Shield for sponsoring the program. If you want to check out their stuff, check them out. There is an affiliate link in the description down below. And also, very specifically, we want you to go on to the App Store for whatever device you have and check out the Dragon Shield Yu-Gi-Oh! Scanner tool. It lets you scan cards, add them into your collection, helps you price cards, things like that, and really track the value of your collection as well as 
being able to stay up to date on the biggest movers in the various card games that you play. There's one for Yu-Gi-Oh, one for Magic, Ooh. one for Pokemon. Right, so for example, if a card shoots up in value or drops down in value, they have like a biggest movers up and down lists. Oh, and then if you have it in your list, it'll be like, hey, yo, offload these now. Well, it, it's more, they take the list of biggest movers and you can go through that list and say, oh, I have that card. This card spiked up, you know, $30 in value. That's on the biggest movers and it was up. Like, it was like a 50 cent card before. Right, right. L look at, looking at you, uh, Scrap Chimera. Oh, I'm looking at you. Was it Preta Preta Practice? Preta Practice, yeah. Dude, oh my goodness. So, be sure to check out Dragon Show. Check out the app. And we are going to be giving away five premium memberships to the app on our Twitter. So, go onto our Twitter and check that out. I should have the post up in the next day or two. So, be sure to check that out if you would like a one-year premium membership to the app. Be sure to get ready for that on our Twitter. And also, we want to thank Millennium Threads so much for sponsoring the program. Millennium Threads is a... They sell clothing and things like that over on Etsy. There is a link in the description down below. It's we all Yu-Gi-Oh themed and it's all fantastic. Pretty much it is, yeah. And it's wonderful. You can get things like hats and hoodies. Just really great accessories for the different things. And they have things by all of your different creators. They have things for us, Crush Card Virus, just different people within the community i absolutely recommend checking them out like i said link is in the description down below let's get on into the to the meat of what we want to talk about today we do have some new cards that we're going to talk about and then of course later on into the episode we're going to go ahead and get into the actual topic yeah so just a little bit of a teaser for those that are interested for the later on content we do ha want to talk a bit about something that's been having, there's been a lot of discourse around it in the Yugo community lately, which is whether or not very diverse formats are better, or maybe a tier zero format or a triangle format. Lots of creators have talked about this in past and recent weeks. We, we are not give the our first. We, yeah, we want to give our two cents. Right. So, so credit to all the other creators that have talked about this. I, I know <laughs> Pack and Head to Head Battles, they have talked about this. I know I've seen a lot of people on Twitter discussing it. I think I've seen MBT discussing it. Farfa probably has talked about it on stream. So everybody's kind of given their two cents. And we really want to take the time to discuss it a little bit in depth as well. And we really think that the podcast is a great place to do that. So if you're ready to hear that, then tune in to the second half of the program. where We're going to go really in depth with that. But let's talk for now about Rescue Aces. Res oh, yeah. Yeah, Rescue Aces are a new archetype coming out in the next Deck Builder set in the OCG. Deck Builder Pack. Oh my goodness. Something Blast. Well, if you hadn't asked, Amazing Defenders. Amazing Defenders. Yes, Deck Build Pack Amazing Defenders. So we're going to start with Rescue Ace Impulse. This is a level 3 fire warrior effect monster, 1500 attack, 1500 defense. Ooh. You can use the first and second effect of this card's name each once per turn. 1. During your main phase, you can make the one effect monster your opponent controls with the highest attack, your choice of tide, unable to activate its effect until the end of this turn. 2. When your opponent activates a monster effect on the field, quick effect, you can tribute this card from your hand or field. Special Summon 1 Machine Rescue Ace Monster from your 
deck. It's interesting. Hold on, I just thought of a silly situation. Your opponent set up their board, you normal summon this guy, activate effect to negate like a baron. They, they're they like, cool, chain baron to negate, cool, chain effect, get out a different one. <laughs> and, just, and they've used up their baron negate and you just keep going. Yeah. You really can do that if you want. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a great way to play through complicated board states. Oh, yeah. Um, also, it's a fire warrior. Yes. For what that's worth. I mean, right now it's worth, you know, good old Rhoda. Uh, next up, we have Rescue Ace Air Hoister, level four Fire Warrior. Also a Rhoda target, 1700 attack and defense. Yo. You can use the first and second effect of this card's name each once per turn. One, if this card is normal or special summoned, add a Rescue Ace spell from your deck to your hand. Cool. Uh, two, when your opponent activates a monster effect on field, quick effect, you can tribute this card from your hand or field, special summon a Rescue Ace monster from your hand, except itself. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Next we have Rescue Ace Hydrant. Level 1 Fire Machine Effect Monster, 0 attack, 0 defense. You can use the second and third effects of this card's name each once per turn. 1. Your opponent cannot target this card for attacks or card effects while you control a Rescue Ace monster other than Rescue Ace Hydrant. So, you can't do like a dupe lock. Yeah, because it very specifically states... Except for Rescue Ace Hydrant, rather than rather than this, except for this card. Yeah. So even if you have like two Rescue Ace Hydrants and a Rescue Ace uh, Air Hoister, they they have to they have to attack the Air Hoister, and then they're free to attack either right. one of your hydrants. Hydrants. Two. You can <clears throat> activate one Quick Play spell or trap the turn it is set by your Rescue Ace card's effect. That's pretty good. Yes, and three, during your main phase, you can add one Rescue Ace monster from your deck to your hand, except Rescue Ace Hydrant. <coughs> it's pretty ballin'. That's not bad. My only issue is that it's... The third effect is an ignition effect. I would like it better if it was either a quick play or yeah. a trigger effect, but it is what it is. <clears throat> Next up, we have Rescue Ace Fire Attacker, level six fire machine, 2200 attack and defense. Oh, yeah, I just realized all these cards are the exact same attack and defense. Oh, yeah, just similar to the Gizmax. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah, so Gizmax can can take full advantage of this deck. But yeah, these are all Gizmax targets. Huh. Anyway, uh, the effective Fire Attacker. Um, you can only use the first second effect each once per turn. One of a Rescue Ace monster other than Rescue Ace Fire Attacker is normal summon or special summon. You can special to your field. You can special summon this card from your hand. It extends itself. Cool. Yeah, good extender. Two, if a card or cards is added to your opponent's hand, except by drawing, you draw two cards, discard one. Wow, that's pretty good. Oh my god. It's potentially pretty good, I guess. I mean, that's a plus one. Yeah. Because your opponent added a card to their hand. Right. Sure, I'll let sure I'll let that resolve, and then I'll chain this, change roll. Or change roll, chain this. Um, I would, well, when the effect resolves, this and Droll both trigger. Yeah. So if you do Droll, Chain Link 1, this Chain Link 2. Yeah, you get to draw draw 2, discard 1, and then Droll effects. Right, because you don't want to do... Droll second, because then Droll effect will apply and you can't draw. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Like, as soon as I said, I was like, wait, no, that's not right. All the yeah. way around. Next, we have Rescue Ace Fire Engine. Level, five, level 7... Fire Machine Effect Monster, 2,500 attack, 2,500 defense. You can use the first and second effect of this card's name each once per turn. One, 
If a Rescue Ace monster or monsters other than Rescue Ace fire engine is normal or special summon to your field, you can special summon this card from your hand. Two, if a monster or monsters is special summoned to your opponent's field, you can special summon one level four <laughs> or lower Rescue Ace monster from your hand, deck, or graveyard. Ooh. That seems pretty solid. Yeah. If nothing else for the extension. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Rescue Ace Turbulence, level nine fire machine. 3K, 3K. This is the one that we were talking about a while back that looks like a lot like Machina Citadel. Yeah. But, but like red? Pretty much, yeah. It's painted red so it go faster. I go much fast. Oh, yeah. The Orky boys say so. Um, it's Warhammer. 40K Why did we put German accents on that? Because the Orc boys talk funny. I'm just going to choose to believe you. Continue. And Warhammer 40k. Anyway, uh, Turbulence, level 9, 3k, 3k. Uh, can you lose the first, second, first, second, and third effect of this card's name each once per turn? It is, everything is a hard once per turn on this guy. On this entire archetype. One, you can banish two Rescue Ace monsters from your graveyard, especially on this card from your hand. Okay. Uh, two, during your main phase, you can set up to four Rescue Ace quick plays and or normal traps with different names. I'm just going to wow. like, I'm just going to nonchalantly go plus four. Wow. Oh, and then with a hydrant, <laughs> you can activate one. You can just immediately activate one of them. Wow. That's wow. Three, if another card you control leaves the field by opponent's card effect, target one card on the field, destroy it. This deck is just seems to be a lot of punish your opponent for doing anything. For it really does. Come on, negate me. Do it. Do it. Cool chain effect. <laughs> Next we have Rescue Ace Headquarters Field Spell. One, Rescue Ace monsters you control gain 500 attack and defense while your opponent controls a monster. Two, do. Okay, during because I didn't see you can only use so and such such and such effects once per turn, and then I started reading this. And I was like, whoa, wait. <laughs> is okay. this not once per? It's it is. Okay. Number two, during your main phase, you can normal summon one rescue ace monster in addition to your normal summon or set. You can only gain this effect once per turn. Cool. Another searchable no double summon. Right. Once per turn, three, once per turn, you can target one of your rescue ace cards that are banished and or in your graveyard. Special shuffle them into the deck, then draw one card. Just get a free plus one every turn. Yeah, that's acceptable. That's acceptable. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have some quick plays and traps. First quick play spell card. Rescue! There's no exclamation point. That's why I said it like that. Uh, this card is always treated as a rescue ace card. You can only activate one card in this card's name per turn. One, target a rescue ace monster in your graveyard. Or, if you control rescue ace hydrant, you can target a monster in your opponent's graveyard instead. Special summon it to your field. That's pretty good. Yeah, it feels okay. Well, because you can do the DD Crow thing where you can steal something before it has a chance for its effect to go off. Right, as long as you control Hydrant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then, uh, but then of course you could also like tribute off one, like activate the effect because I, depending upon whether or not these say like you can only use or activate this effect once per turn, you can like activate the effect of one of your other monsters. It gets negated. Cool chain effect to tribute itself. Effect still is negated, but whatever. Bring it back. Activate its effect again if it says activate once per turn. Right. Um, just as examples of a way you can kind of manipulate the battlefield with this card. Next we have Alert! Quick play spell. This card is always treated as a rescue ace card. You can only activate one card with this card's name per turn. 
One, add one Rescue Ace monster from your graveyard to your hand, or if you control Rescue Ace Hydrant, you can add one Rescue Ace monster from your deck to your hand instead. With no limitations on, like, level or anything, which is interesting. It is interesting. To be fair, you have to control a Hydrant to do that. Uh, next up, Contain. Normal Trap. This card is always treated as a Rescue Ace card. Can I say real quick that I like how all these cards don't just continuously say Rescue Ace, Rescue, Rescue Ace, Alert. They're just Alert, right. Contain. But then they have the phrasing, it's always... I, I like that. I hope they can do that with other archetypes, too. That's good. I'm, That's I'm cool. with it. I'm not going to lie. Um, okay, because this card's actual effect. Uh, one, if you control a Rescue Ace monster, target one effect monster your opponent controls. It cannot attack. It's a fix or negated. Also, if you control... Uh, Rescue Ace Hydrant. It cannot be used for material for a fusion, synchro, exceeds, or link mon link summon. These effects last till the end of the turn. Interesting. Bro. <laughs> that is interesting. L let me get the uh non-equipped. So they have to so they have to so they have to negate it. They can't just pop it. Right, right. Um, but it also only lasts until the end of the turn. Yeah, Phoenix Chain, but it also can't be used until the end of turn, which is sometimes all you need. Right. Alright, next we have Extinguish. Normal Trap. This card is always treated as a Rescue Ace card. One, if you control a Rescue Ace monster, target one effect monster your opponent controls. Destroy it, and if you do control a Rescue Ace Hydrant, this turn your opponent cannot activate the effects of the destroyed monster as well as monsters with the same original name. That's pretty cool. Honestly, I think that this archetype has a lot of room to grow and be effective as an archetype. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, because the deck can very easily fit, like, a little tiny Machina engine in there. Um, any Fire Warrior support for the level 3 and 4 Fire Warrior. Uh, the only Fire Warrior support that I can think of is Fire Flint. That's, like, generic. Is, like, Fire Flint Lady. Right. What, what, you, what you pulling out? What you, what you thinking? Something unrelated. Oh. Dang, I was like, oh, you just thought I was hoping you thought something really cool. Um, no, just something completely unrelated. Yeah. Because I'm the worst. Um, and then, of course, uh, Gozen Match and Rivalry. Not Gozen. Not Rivalry. Gozen Match is pretty good here because they're all fire. Yep. And the deck doesn't seem to care about an extra deck so far, so. It does not. But everything's also different levels, so you're kind of stuck on Link and Fusion Summoning. Yeah, but I think that there's an outside chance that the cards themselves, the cards themselves support the archetype rather well. Yeah, as a very control-oriented. Right, yeah. right. Again, which also goes wonderfully with, uh, like like I said, a little tiny Machina package. Oh, I think that a Machina package is pretty much necessary. Oh, yeah, because that free big 4K beat stick that just comes back and then also pops stuff. Are you talking about Ruin Force? Yeah. Oh, he's 45. Oh, I thought he was 4K. Never mind. I think he's 45. Yeah, but yeah, in a, in a, cause, yeah, because then you have Ruin Force, uh, Fortress, and Citadel. Well, yeah, Ruin Force, Fortress, Citadel, and maybe even Gear Frame as a normal summon. Yeah, as an additional normal summon, as as opposed, because because the rest of them can special summon themselves in one way or another. Yeah. So you can probably get away with it. I'm not. We're not. Honestly, big even up. maybe a small Therian package. May yeah maybe because just, Regulus is a machine. Yeah, but he's an. They don't care about attributes. I keep thinking they I keep thinking they care about attributes. Right, they're all fire, but they don't actually care about attributes. No, no, I mean the uh, Therians. But then I remember. Wait, no, they don't care. Right, that's just trains that care. Yeah. Choo so. choo. All right. Next, we have a new card from Darkwing Blast, which is a Freki the Runic Fangs. Let me look. F R E K I. 
Freaky? F-R-E-K-I. I think that's Freaky. Freaky the Runic Fangs. Level 5 Dark Beast Fusion Effect Monster. 2,000 attack, 0 defense. Materials is 2 Runic Monsters. You can only use the third effect of this card's name once per turn. 1. When an attack is declared involving this card in the extra monster zone, you can banish the top two cards of your opponent's deck. 2. Neither player takes damage from battles involving this card. 3. If this card on the field is destroyed by battle or card effect, you can target one runic quick play spell in your graveyard, add it to your hand. Seems interesting. Definitely. Um, also, there's supposed to be another. Uh, there's this, this this card, like the previous two fusions, mm -hmm. is also supposed to have a twin. So, in theory, we could see another twin coming. Yes. Another, another similar card to this. His name is Gary. No shot. It is. That's Jerry. That yeah, that would be close. Yeah, that would be closer to to uh, Jerry. It's G E R I. Right. I'm terrible with with some with some of the with some of the more weird Norse pronunciations. I think that re in reality this card is fine, but the rune Mister Rune archetype kind of just needed more things to put in the extra monsters on, just more extra monsters in general. Oh yeah, because I only had two. Right. I think they might have had three, but which were uh, yeah. Uh, the only two I remember were Hugin and Munin, but that's because they're twins so i'm gonna choose to understand what you're referencing there oh uh hugin and munin are odin's um ravens that fly oh, around yeah, yeah, that fly yeah, around yeah. the world and tell him what's going on oh okay actually i do remember that yeah and then uh and only then, because i watched thor love and thunder recently and they referenced thor's ravens it's odin's ravens that's what i meant that's what um I meant. and then i'm tired. gary and jerry and uh freaky are the pair of wolves What's their purpose, though? I don't remember. You're like biting things, growling a lot. Hold on, hold on. They they howl relentlessly. I just am... just constant howling. Uh, or two wolves, which are said to accompany the god Odin. They're they're literally his pet wolves. Oh, not dogs, wolves. That's boring. I mean, the king, the king, the king of of Norse gods themselves would not settle for a mere dog. Well, I mean, why Wolves not? are where it's at. I mean, why not like bears? Um, because bears are uh, aren't aren't domesticated. Neither are wolves. There was a time when we had domesticated wolves. They're now dogs. Yeah, but bears are cooler. Truth be told, I think the coolest uh, animal that could be a pet in like a Norse theme. It's probably actually a boar. What? No shot. The golden boar. No shot. Created by the dwarves as a uh, as a wedding gift for Freya. Maybe, but no shot anyway. What? Hold on. What is not cool about a boar made of gold? That it's not a bear. Uh. Yeah. 
There's no fixing that it's not a bear. Hold on. Speaking of bears, I, I, need, oh. I, I need to share this fun fact. Oh, I've got to know where this story's going. So, in Dungeons & Dragons, the the the, uh, the realm that the, that the main world, the main game takes place in is called Forgotten Realms. In the far frozen north. You're talking way too fast. Sorry. In the far frozen north of, of, the, forgotten realms. of the Forgotten Realms, there is a grouping of goliaths, which are like half giants. Okay. Who are all cursed with lycanthropy. Oh. They're were-polar bears. Oh. Were-bears are... Were-bears. Were-bears are lawful good. So the were-polar bears, whenever they uh, change into their lichen forms... Sure. Um, they just, like, roam around in blizzards and help people. <laughs> they should have just made them St. Bernard's. The f- there is a joke among the D and D community about werebears because they're lawful because they're lawful good when they transform on a full moon they go into a lawful good rampage. I must help everybody. So people wake up the next morning. It's like, where'd this orphanage appear in the middle of the road? <laughs> Why is it built to code? <laughs> Why is it built to code? <laughs> Just overnight, <laughs> lawful good rampage. That's I love that. That's a question. Why is it built to code? Yeah, because not, not only not only was not only was the orphanage built in the middle of the road overnight, it is to code. It is to OSHA oh my code. Goodness. <laughs> Why is it to code? Lawful Lof, good rampage. I'm sorry, you said bear, and maybe remember the 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 silly wear polar bears. Well, I I rest my case that bears are cooler. But I mean, there's also were sharks, were buzzards, were tigers, were jackals, were rats, were wolves, were ravens. You know, I. Were sharks, though! The real question is where do you find them? Under the ocean. I meant were animals in general. Oh, all over the place. Fun fact uh, were sharks are actually not cursed, they are blessed by. Uh, the, un- the by the uh, chaotic evil goddess Umber Lee. I will not dec- say her title. I like to keep this show PG thirteen. That's the only reason that I haven't made a wear joke. I've got a great one in the chamber, and I just I can't bring myself to say it. Yeah. <sighs> I th- hold on. I think we're allowed one one curse here. All right, then you can wear these nuts up on that chin. <laughs> but no, 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 no. Her official title amongst her amongst her worshippers, Umber Lee, is the Bitch Queen. Alright, great. Now we have to put an explicit tag. Thanks, Caleb. We get one. Get, okay, we get one. We get, we get one. one. Moving on, I can talk about this. Hey, if you're underage, go back to re-listen to that part, but cover your ears when you re-listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> they knew it was coming. I said, okay, I'm going to say it now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fair. All right, listen, hey, we're, we're going to take just a moment before we get into our main topic, and we're going to talk about our sponsor, ETB Games in Alexandria, Louisiana. Super cool people. Absolutely. ETB Games is, of course, our locals, again, in Alexandria, Louisiana. They host weekly as well as monthly Yu-Gi-Oh! tournaments, and they also have all of your <laughs> trading card game needs. They have singles and sealed product for Yu-Gi-Oh, Match the Gathering, Pokemon, Digimon, as well as binders, play mats, deck boxes, whatever you need for the card games that you love. They also have everything that you need for all of your tabletop gaming needs, such as figurines, dice, paint for those figurines, books, giant table size play mats to put over the table to 
play your tabletop games on. If you're interested in any of these things, or if you just want to come hang out, be sure to check out ETB Games. And if you're in, if you need more information, you can always either hit us up in the Discord server, or they actually have the ETB Games account in our Discord server. So, with that said, check them out. Their link is in the description down below. And thank you all for supporting the podcast. So, let's get on into our main topic of discussion, which is, of course, we want to talk a minute about formats. Oh yeah, specifically, we're as we said before, we're we're going to be talking about tier zero and triangle formats. First, I think we need to or diverse formats. Yeah, and diverse formats. First, I think we need to de- need to define specifically define what tier zero and triangle is. For, and even I would even say we might have to define what we consider diverse formats. That's fair. That is fair. Um, let's start. Let's start big and go small. So diverse. Sure. I would call a diverse format any format where you really have five there, or there's, six. There's decks. kind of different levels of diverse formats, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, a diverse format can be a format where you have like four or five or six decks, which is fine. It's not crazy, but it really gets crazy when the format gets like super diverse, where you have eight, 10, 12, 15 decks that are all just competitive yeah which is i I would call where we are right now very diverse right our current format is diverse i you you can go to any tournament and you can lose to literally probably 15 plus decks you can lose to punk theory and synchro you can lose to just adventure punk synchro yeah you can lose to sword soul despia marincess salamangrate dino dine dinosaur dinomorphia you can lose to PK, you can lose to just, I mean, that that's what, 10 off the top Burning of Abyss. my finger? Yeah. Tra- Trap BA is still a thing. Yeah, well, I just, PK, BA, whatever. That whole kind of lumped together rank three turbo. Absolutely. Yeah. Whether it's the more controlly trap variant or the super explosive bleh variant. Or the adventure variant. Yeah, or the adventure variant. I, I, I like the description of the bleh variant. Right. There's so many different decks right now that I would consider competitive. Wait. You have the plant deck. We even say plants. Yeah, and Dragon Link. Absolutely. Dragon Link I, is I a think very competitive deck. I think we're at like 16 now. Sky Striker? 17. No, I think we're at like 13, but the point stands. Yeah, yeah. Sky Striker, like I said, there's also literally Eldritch, Mystic Mine. Yeah, the... Yeah, and then, like, even our Elledge, you have, like, your standard Elledge, you have Synchro Elledge is still a thing. Tri-Brigade is still a deck. Yeah, uh, Cybers Elledge. Technically, um, Leerless Tri-Brigade is still technically a thing, it's just nowhere near as good. Right. Because all they lost was a single, uh, Recital Starling search. Well, they usually ran three Recital Starling, now they're on one. Yeah, but, like, but, like, in your normal combo, you'd only make two. Still, the point stands, though, that there's so many different decks that are perfectly competitive and perfectly viable very so diverse. that would that's what i would call a diverse format you, you have kind of different levels of diverse where you have extremely like very really super diverse like which we got is, going on right now right or you have kind of diverse which is like four to five to six decks edison format i think is a good example of that oh no no no, no. edison no? is very very diverse edison has 20 plus very competitive decks fair enough but i would say a four to five to six deck format you know what deck we still we didn't even mention through all of that what albaz 
I said Despia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why. I guess my brain didn't hear Albaz and just kind of went, oh, we didn't talk about Despia. Right. So I think I, I think I did it. Anyway. If I if I didn't, then there you go. Yeah. But I think when you look at overall, a good example. Oh, toss format. Ta- yeah. Because you had Thunder Dragon, Orcus, Salamangre, and Sky Striker. Mm-hmm. That's four decks. Known as one of the better formats of all time. Oh yeah. Well. Less a format and more of like a, an era at this point. A fair, year. It's fair like basically enough. lasted a year. Yeah, that that's entirely fair. Uh so moving right along. Um and then we got Triangle. Uh, triangle. Basically means that there are three main decks that are around. I think the most famous in our in our minds would be uh wind up in Zector Dino Rabbit format. Right. Where it was kind of rock, paper, scissors where uh, if you're where if you're playing Zector, you lose to I don't remember what direction the rock paper scissors went there, but I th- I think Zector lost to Dino Rabbit, but Dino Rabbit lost to Wind Up, who lost to Zector. Right, it was something I, along those lines. Yeah, or it could have been the other way around. Right. Um, technically, I think I think Zector had the good Wind Up matchup because Wind Ups would like discard. One of their Insector monsters, and then they would normal summon it and equip it from the graveyard. Yeah, yeah, they could just they just didn't care about get, about their stuff getting discarded. If I remember correctly, I don't know that was a yeah. decade ago, so it's kind of hard yeah. to remember. Um, but. technically, on a very technically level here, Dragon Ruler was a triangle format. Y- yes, because there were technically there were three decks that were run. Right. Do you know what they are? Dragon Ruler. Uh, prophecy or spell books. Yeah. And Evil Swarm. Yes. But Evil Swarm was at like, what, 5%? Yes. And then the re- other 95% was split between uh, Dragon Ruler and Prophecy. Right. I'd call it 55 40. Something like that, yeah. So the next, the other, there's one more other triangle format that I can think of. You're going to laugh. Modern Goat is basically a triangle format. It really is because it's uh, Chaos v. Warrior v. Goat Control. Right. And it just kind of cycles between those three decks. Yeah, yeah, because pe- because people are just kind of like, well, everyone's playing uh, Chaos. I'm going to play the deck that beats it. Warrior. Warrior. Well, now everyone's playing Warrior. I'll play the deck that beats it. Goat Control. Well, now everyone's playing Goat Control. So now I play Warrior. I'm, 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 I mean, uh, Chaos. Yeah, back to Chaos. Right. It's a vicious little cycle. And next, you have the... Tier Zero. The tier Zero format, right. It's where there's one deck you play to win. Right. Tier zero formats are actually defined by when 65% or more of the meta is defined by one deck. But there is absolutely a... There's another way that you can define it, which is less... What's the word I'm looking for? Less empirical... Right? It's not and as more, set in stone of a number. And more just, um, like, the top eight of every single tournament is all this deck. Right. So, some of the tier zero formats we have. Goat format. Uh, uh, Teledad. Teledad format. Uh, <clears throat> Dad Return. That that was a very short time, but yes. Yes, so you have Goat, Dad Return, Teledad. Man, Dark Arm da- Dragon in two of these. It was a powerful card. It still kind of is. Yeah. Then um, you have... Uh, and then wasn't a uh, Zodiac format? 
also tier zero? Yes, but you, before that you had Pepe. Yeah, Pepe. Pepe, then Zodiac, then Spiral. And I don't know if we've had a tier zero format since Spiral. I don't. I don't think so. But Zodiac, we're talking a 100% representation. At YCS, I think it was YCS Pittsburgh 2017. I don't think Zodiac had a no. It had 100% really? representation every, in top 32. Oh, okay. I'm about to say in the entire tournament, every single person there well, was top 32. Okay, yeah, yeah. It it generally, that 65% is top cut. By the way. Oh, fair enough. Uh, okay, yeah, that, that's fair. Right, which is somewhere around like 22 of top 32, somewhere in yeah. 22, 23, something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, but generally, if you look at What's funny is Dragon Rulers, which are maybe one of the best decks of all time, were held back from being tier zero by Prophecy, which was a very good deck. Sure, it was a good control strat, but I might actually consider Drag. So Dragon Ruler had Spellbook had a high play rate, but it didn't have a really high win rate. The only reason Spellbook could win was because Spellbook main decked like 13 cards for the Dragon Ruler matchup. Mm-hmm. And, and they could, Dragon Ruler and they could draw into them so easily. Right. So Spellbook, will, they, they main decked like 12 to 13 cards for the Dragon Ruler matchup. The issue was so did Dragon Ruler. So when Dragon Ruler would go into the mirror match they'd be prepared but the issue is if they go up against spellbook dragon rulers answers in the side deck were better than a lot of spellbooks answers in the main deck if that makes sense yeah it main and side right so dragon ruler would side like 13 for spellbook <clears throat> yeah they would just switch their dragon outs into into spellbook outs so then you swarm just in the back of the room hi guys i'm here Pretty much, right. Negate. So, the discourse here comes from not defining what these formats are, but talking about which format people prefer to play in. So, I think the best way to really break this down would be, first we can talk about Tier 0, pros and cons. Yeah, kind of go in the reverse order. Right. Triangle, yeah. pros, cons, and then diverse format, pros, cons. So let's start with tier zero. Mm -hmm. You can give a pro, I'll give a con. You give a pro, I'll give a con. Or well, hold on. Let's do pro con. Like I give a pro and a con, then you give a pro and a con. Sure, go for it. Okay, uh, I, pro. I have to come up with this off the top of my head. Let's go. Fair enough. Uh, pro. Everyone's playing the same deck, so it's very skill, uh, skill intensive. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's a lot less. Just oh, I have a, I luck, I had bad luck, and I got matched with somebody when my deck has a bad matchup, just due to the way the deck works. Right. Everyone's playing the same deck. Con. Everyone's playing the same deck. Right. <laughs> um. So the game can get very boring, very quickly. Right. Particularly if you if you're going into a two day tournament and you're just playing the same deck over and over, over and, and over, over. Right. you go through like eight rounds day one of the exact same combos and plays and cards you might see it seven times yeah and then going into day two and literally everything is the exact same right absolutely again great because at that point your skill shines through 
terrible because you see the same cards over and over again. Right. So I'll give another pro. I think that in a in a tier zero format, it's like you said. I want to highlight that that the skill intensiveness mm-hmm. because it turns into not who knows their opponent's deck better. It's who knows their own deck better. Exactly. So if if I'm playing you and it's the Sword Soul Mirror, and I and I know that I've been playing Sword Soul Mirrors for a long time, right? But you are not really familiar with, you just picked up the Sword Soul deck and you have a general idea, but you don't know the ins and outs like I do. Yeah. Then that means the person that put in more work and has spent more time playing the deck is going to have the upper hand. It's going to come out on top nine times out of ten. Right. Probably not nine, but because there is still luck variance of. Right. Yeah, but. And the next, my con, is that when a deck is tier zero, that means it's the best deck in the room, bar none. Oh, yeah, which means the next balance is going to get hit. No, that's not my con. No? My con is that means everybody wants those cards. Fair enough. So it's always an expensive format. Yes. They're, uh, tier zero formats are almost always expensive as hell. Like, I think the only exception is a, is a tier zero format because they release like one card as a comment that just kind of glued everything, all these other old cards together. Yeah, but then all the old cards get expensive. They're, yeah, yeah. They're, even look at the Despia deck. Most of that deck came in a structure deck. Yeah. So what happened? Branded openings, or, which is an old super, are yeah. $30. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Guardian Chimeras, which is just kind of a mid-fusion. Oh, no. It's very good. Oh, yeah. But, like, all the other fusion decks are like, I have better things to fuse into. Right. Which is why I say it's... It's the only reason why I say it's mid. Right. $70 card last time. Last time I looked. Uh, I looked they've pretty much always been around 50 Okay, cool. I remember at one point looking, and they were like 70 I was like, uh, no. Right. It's probably like on pre-release or something. I mean, one of the Albas Fusion monsters was, I want to say... I think it was the Belt. No, Masquerade. I don't remember which one it was. One of them was like literally a 2 or $3 card, and now it's like a $40 card. Yeah, because people didn't keep them. Right. Because they were $2. It's not that great of a card. Branded Fusion is a heck of a card. <laughs> right. So that's the issue is yeah, but when a deck is really good, even if a lot of it was printed in low rarity, that happened and Despia is not tier zero. Imagine what would happen if Despia was tier zero. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, branded openings would probably be $70, $80. Guardian right. Chimeras would probably be over 100 each. Right, it gets worse in my opinion. Yeah, the yeah, like the the game, the cost of the game itself just goes just skyrockets catastrophically, and I mean, I do in fact mean catastrophically because I mean, Teledad was what fifteen hundred dollars to build more. Teledad was fifteen hundred dollars for like five cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teledad, I mean, when some you of them were only it, price cards at the time. Yes, that's part of the issue. Yeah. Um, and we don't have that issue now. I don't think we're gonna have a tier zero format where you have to run prize cards to win. Yeah, I don't see that being an issue anytime Cause, cause ever like, again. Because like all the prize cards are mid, either mid or you just straight up cannot. You're straight up not allowed to play them. Well, that's world's prize cards. YCS and SJC prize cards. Well, yeah, I was just well, saying. Now YCS ones are usually mid. If they're not mid, then the last really good one we had was Minerva. 
but I just don't see Minerva as I don't see that happening again. No, no, that, I I think that was a fluke. Right. But, uh, but I meant prize cards in general. You're they're either mid or you're not allowed to use them. Right. <clears throat> so, but yeah, but like I said, it's just catastrophically expensive to play in a tier zero format. Right. As opposed to diverse or uh, as opposed to a diverse format where the only expensive cards are expensive staples that literally anyone can use such as uh lightning storm and forbidden droplet but that's getting into diverse yeah triangle yeah sure give me a couple of pros and cons pros uh pros of triangles is that there's still a skill set there mm-hmm. because there's only three decks in the room so then it becomes, so then it comes down to, and usually they're rock, paper, scissor formats, as I like to call them, where it's one deck beats, like deck A can beat deck B, deck right. B beats blah, blah, blah. Like scissors beats paper and paper yeah, beats yeah, rock yeah. and rock beats scissors. Yeah, exactly. Um, So then it comes down to how good, how good are you, not in your good matchup, in your bad matchup. One of my favorite jokes from the new Thor movie was Korg. Do you remember Korg? Yeah, I love Korg. The big rock guy from He's great. the thir- third one. He said, it's okay, just a big pile of rocks, nothing to fit, unless you're a pair of scissors. <laughs> well, no, no, because in, in the previous Thor movie... <laughs> and then he goes, a little rock, paper, scissors joke. No, no, because in the previous movie, he made another rock, paper, scissors oh, may- joke. May- maybe, hold on, maybe that's where I'm thinking this joke's from, because we watched all four of them in one day. Oh, okay, no, no, no. They, they did kind of run together. Yeah, no, no, because in a previous movie, he had made a paper, he made a uh, paper beats rock joke. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure that he said. I'm pretty sure it was this movie where he said. Yeah, yeah, it has to be. Nothing to fear unless you're a big, unless you're a big pair of scissors. Yeah, because I think that was in Blood and Thunder. Because I haven't. That's the one I haven't seen yet. Love and Love Thunder. Thunder yeah. Thank you. It's yeah. like that's like the one I haven't seen yet. So you gave me a pro, or okay. give me, or well, you gave me half of a pro. Finish your pro and give yeah, me a con. Yeah. Uh, what was I saying before? Oh yeah. Okay. okay. Like I said, because because then it comes down to your skill. Both with the uh, with the mirror, your good matchup and your bad matchup. Your bad matchup go- is going to be the big thing that uh, kills you or means you come out on top. If you can like get a really good, really good at the bad matchup, you're you're pretty much set. Right. Um, but then you also have a better idea of what other what other people are doing. Some other random text that might just fly out of nowhere like uh, a great example would be oh that deck has a bunch of fire monster 200 defense I better bring something to stop rekindling right as an example because rekindling uh, you know ghost this, spell stops rekindling yeah I mean, I mean at this point rekindling oh my god if it was playable oh yeah rekindling is a heck of a card Jesus just I, I get a free link four plus an extra body on board thank you give me your con my biggest con, though, is that there's a lot. There's still a lot of that. That, that then introduce starts introducing a lot of variants, right? Um, to where, okay, this this matchup is so bad that I have to open. A, I have to open this one card that I can run three of. So there's a three and forty chance I'll have. I'll have a fighting chance against my bad matchup, right? But then there's a thirty-seven forty. I just lose, right? It then, it then kind of becomes this defeatist attitude for some people um, to where, oh, I got nothing but my bad matchup all day. Right. You know, I, which can entirely happen in a rock, paper, scissors format. I know because I've seen it happen. Yes. It has happened to me. I played Dino Rabbit 
in. Not that entire format. No, no, no. And like at the tail end of the format. Right. Yeah, like like they just reprinted everything, so the deck was actually fairly cheap. I had I had picked it up and went cool. Went in a tournament and just got my bad matchup. Every <laughs> single I got wind ups. Every single match. Hey, it really do be like that. And the funny part was windups were starting to come out of vogue because people were predicting the hunter ban. Right, less people were running windups, and then right after Carrier's End Maid got limited, that next format, it was the best deck. Yeah, because they hit uh, Insectors and Dino Rabbit too hard. <laughs> yeah, Insectors they nerfed into the ground by limiting Hornet and Dragonfly. And Dino Rabbit, I want to say they. I think they. Uh, Semi Tour Guide and Rabbit. Yeah, and then they also. They did something else. Yeah, they did something else too. I don't remember what else they did, but the big thing was that they semi limited Tour Guide and. Uh, Tour Guide and. Rescue Rabbit. Now, like a bit, like a big thing about that though is that's about the time when people started playing more interesting uh, level three fiends. Like for a while, I was playing Possessed Dark Soul. Uh, some people played Turbus from the Underworld. Yes. Oh, I have such memories of Turbus. I pulled one of the sneak peek and immediately turned around and sold it for like 70 bucks. Right. So kind of concisely, what is your, what's your most, your con? Oh. Really concisely. Yeah. Uh, hmm. How would I word that a little more concisely? Uh, basically, it would, if I, if I had a thing about it, it would probably be that there's that in a rock paper scissors oh they they oh yeah hold on i need september 2012 yeah. go ahead yeah i'm, um, I'm looking a, at the band list yeah, to see in, exactly a, what happened. in a rock paper scissors format there's always a chance you getting nothing but your bad matchups every single round right it, you know there's there's just that big red variance that just will absolutely pummel you into the ground so they limited dragonfly and hornet they limited zen Maiden. And then they semied Rescue Rabbit and Tour Guide. Okay. So, and yeah. they also semied Pot of Duality for what it's worth. Actually, yeah, that, that's pretty big. That's a pretty big semi element. Yeah. Um. But yeah. No. And then from there, Dino Rabbit was still playable, but Windup just kind of went. Eh. Right. And during that time, they didn't. They did release new product, but it was all awful. It was all terrible. I I remember that. Yeah. Like, I think that's... Well, I mean, no. 2012, 2013, it was good stuff. Uh, Abyss Rising. Oh, yeah, yeah. It wasn't long after that that we got into Mermails. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, in between Abyss Rising and that ban list, it was not a lot going on. Yeah. All right, so <clears throat> my pros and cons for the triangle format. You have my biggest pro is that it makes side decking really easy. Because you know what to expect. Right. And you have this in tier zero formats too, to a certain extent, but you're side decking in a triangle format. It lets you prepare an adequate number of cards. You, pr you put maybe six or seven cards in your main deck that are kind of generic and are going to do something against all matchups. And then when you go into the sideboard, you can have five or six cards dedicated to each of those matchups, to the mirror, to your bad matchup, to your good matchup. Yeah, ex especially if there's overlap. Right, absolutely. 
So it gives you a way to prepare a little better. And that's the best part about a triangle format is you know what to expect. And sure, you may slip slip up and play against a rogue deck here or there. But that's fine as long as you have a good idea of what to expect. But then also you go into tournaments feeling more prepared. Absolutely. Because you know you know you know what you've play tested for. You know what you've play tested against. You know what the three major decks do. So you're way more prepared for the tournament. Mm-hmm. But you're con. So this is actually pretty similar of a con to tier zero in that triangle formats can also be really expensive. 2012 was one of the most expensive times I've ever played the game because not only there are staples that overlap in the in the three decks a lot of times. For example, in 2012, Tour Guide was in all three decks, and Tour Guide was somewhere around like $150 a copy. Mm-hmm. At one point, it spiked up to close to $300 a copy, and you had to have three to play the format. It's not like now with something like forbidden droplet which like you probably should have three even though it's expensive but you, guide, you had to have three mm-hmm. in any meta strategy that so that was a minimum of 450 dollars out the gate yes so it there's even now you do have things like ash blossom which are relevant in every deck that you play and that's why they're 40 dollars a copy no, they're thirty, and they're they're trending down. Oh, fair enough. But they're they are about thirty. I think they're trending down because, like, I think the structure deck crystal beast is supposed yeah, it's to have got a it. Rank. So that's kind of affecting, yeah. affecting it. So pricing can still be an issue. Why don't you give me something for diverse formats? Okay, pro for diverse formats. Almost every single game you're going to be facing something different, which is fun. Because then you get to see a lot of different strategies, a lot of different cards getting flung around. It is interesting, yeah. Um, you know, it, it, like again, like the recent uptick of of uh, Marenses players, right? Which uh, I've actually been, I actually picked up the deck myself, and I'm really enjoy, I really enjoy it, right? Right. Um, again, because you know I'm used to playing Dino and all the different colors, and it's like, eh. But then you get Marenses with all the nice blues and oranges, and oh, right. just it, it's nice on the eyes because it's different. It's a splash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, then of course I always get to think about other cards I never would have thought of before. Like it reminded me of Moray of Greed, uh, Surface, right, Salvage, right. old like, cards. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh man, these are all great cards. To be fair, like I think it was Surface you can't use because they're cybers. Right. I can't remember between Surface and Salvage which one was type and which I one was attribute. I can never remember the difference. Yeah, I've got both. So right. Yeah, it, whenever I'm deck building, I can look at it and be like, okay, cool, this one. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but basically, pro is you can see a lot of cool cards. Right. Con. You never know what you're going to go up against. So it's kind of luck-based on your sideboard and, and uh, main deck. Right. Like hand traps. Yeah, there's going to be like these generically good ones like Ash Blossom. It's just good against every single deck. But then from the there, it kind of just everything else just entirely depends on what you expect to encounter. Um, right. Because you might decide, well, I'm a deck in roll for uh, uh, flu- for for flu underies and what's another deck that that rolls good against? Some 
some Despia builds. Yeah, let's just say Despia in general. And then you can go to a tournament and never see a single one of them. Right. And then the trolls are just sitting there useless in your manor side. Right. Um, same thing with Ghost Ogre. Uh, My great example is Harpy's Feather Duster, Twin Twister, and Red Reboot. Yes. it's you one- can. It's five cards that you could dedicate in your side deck in every deck. for ba- Against back row. Yes. You may never see back never row. never see it. The issue, though, comes then if you don't side it and you come against a back row deck, you just auto-lose. Yep. Because you don't have any of the outs. Yep. So you have to deck them in. It's, oh, it's awful. Yep. So you end up up not, so so no matter how prepared you actually are, you end up going in tournament feeling very unprepared and constantly second-guessing your uh, sideboard. Like, I'm, like, the last time I went to, I didn't, I ended up not playing Nibiru. Right. Which was a meta call because I was expecting to see a uh, I was expecting to see a whole bunch of Despia, right? Which Nibiru is kind of useless against. Yeah, Nibiru is very mid against a lot of decks right now. Ended up going to be fair out of the four rounds I think there were I saw yes. I played against Despia twice. Right. I lucked out and that was the correct meta call for my day. Right. Other people will not be that lucky. So my pros and cons would be, I think a pro for a diverse format is that you could sit down for eight rounds at a tournament and see eight different decks which i understand is kind of the pro that you gave too but it's worth talking about because there's so many different ways to play the game Mm -hmm. for you and your opponents so many strategies right and there's another side of this, which it stands to reason if both tier zero and triangle formats are kind of expensive, really diverse formats are by comparison relatively cheap mm-hmm. compared to other formats where everybody's running the same cards. Here, where you have everybody running 15 different decks yeah you can i mean sure there's a certain amount of overlap with staples which is why things like ash blossom forbidden droplet but individual yeah but individual deck cores right now uh in a diverse format like this like we kind of got going on right now are actually really cheap right so if you want to play a competitive deck you can get you can play something like salamangrate for cheap you can play tri brigade for fairly cheap i think the most i think the most expensive um salad card is access code at like 40 Right. But that's a generic staple. Right. There's so many ways to play the game in a diverse diverse format that it's a good and a bad thing. Because that's the major con is I think in a diverse format, you'll see more floodgates and things like that where, oh, well, I can't hit everything in the format with these 15 side deck cards so i'm gonna make six or eight of my side deck cards floodgates that way i can have one card that hits five or six different decks yeah uh for example i just so happen to all be the same type i can run rivalry with no problem right i just so happen i can hit a bunch of different decks i just so happen to all be the same attribute i just so happen to to where none of my monsters share anything right so i can run goes in match or tikaboo yeah um, or I'm super back heavy reliant, so I can just run all the floodgates. Right. I use my monster effects in field and or hand and field, so I can use skill drain. Yeah, or uh, hand and grave. I don't care about field effects. 
Right. So yeah, skill drain. Um, or even funnier, you can also do. You can also do. I don't use my graveyard effects ever. Soul drain. I don't use stuff for my. I don't even run hand traps. Mind, Mind drain. drain. Right. With that kind, of, with back row, you can run a lot of weird things you wouldn't normally be able to run. And more combo-oriented strategies where you can like just poop out uh, monsters like Dark Samorg and then set other stuff. You can get really, right. really interesting locks that your opponent then, because then it becomes kind of a dual puzzle for your opponent to figure out. Right. The other issue with diverse formats is that you can never quite plan for everything. It seems every tournament you get these two or three cards or these two or three decks that you just weren't prepared for. And maybe now we're going at a time because I'm having to read all of my opponent's cards. Yeah. Uh, a prime example that would probably be the first tournament after all the new Morinces stuff came out and, uh, and quite a few people picked up Morinces. Right. Who's read Morinces before? Right. Out of curiosity, which do you prefer? Um, personally, I really prefer uh, more diverse formats. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, there's always that little nitpick in the back of my head going, you didn't prepare your side deck, you're going to... Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's always there. I just ignore it. And I'm just, you know, and just kind of go, okay, cool. Here's the stuff my deck can do. Right. Here's my hand trap lineup. My issue with diverse formats stems from there's so much variance. It's so luck-based compared to a tier zero format or a it, it's triangle kinda... even where you have everything is everything is based off of deck building and play. There's very little luck involved. Yeah, but it's then, so skill heavy. Then of course, of course, and like I said, a great example actually of uh, the issue, of, of the issue of the diverse format actually came from a streamer where they were playing up against. Kragen control and they set up the Kragen control lock with goes and match and they passed and went GG and and the streamer went I hate to tell you this buddy normal summon Marin says blue slug or not blue slug uh can't think of her name anyway normal summon Marin says and just kind of go off anyway that's rough buddy like ha- as a Kragen control player how do you like and this was before the new Marin says stuff came out so like as a as a Kragen control player, how do you like adjust for Marincess? You adjust then? by going to the next round of the tournament. Yeah, exactly. You just kind of go, oh, I lose because I used up all my resources to put out the Gozen Kragen lock. Right. And it just got poo pooed. So I am kind of going to cop out here. I like something where it's three to five meta decks. Yeah, uh, uh, more diverse than triangle. Let's let's say a pentagon format. <laughs> pentagon format. Like sure. like rock paper scissors lizard Spock. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was a Big Bang reference. I did it. What are you gonna do about it? All right, I think that'll wrap us up for today's episode. What do you think? Oh yeah, yeah. I think we've talked enough. I also did a lot of rambling at the beginning and middle. Sorry. It'd be like that. That's we, okay. We're we're uh, we are both giant nerds. All right. So, of course, we want to thank all of our sponsors again. A huge thank you to Millennium Threads and Dragon Shield and ETB Games for sponsoring the show. 
And of course, if you want to support the show at no extra cost yourself, you can check out our Patreon. The link is in the description down below. You can check out Dragon Shield and TCG Player, whose affiliate links we have in the description down below. All you do is click them before you shop, and it costs you nothing extra to support the podcast for products you would already be buying. Also, you can join our Discord. We do do remote dual locals every Thursday in the server. They are free to enter. They are a lot of fun. You should definitely check them out. Follow us on Twitter. To, we have been doing giveaways and things like that. And, of course, if you just want to show your support for the podcast and you don't want to have to join Patreon or go spend money on TCG Player or anything like that, what you can do is, you can, if you're on YouTube... Go ahead, click the subscribe button. If you're not on YouTube, go to YouTube and click the subscribe button. It helps ring, us out a lot. Ring the bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we are trying to get our YouTube numbers up. So if you're there, please help us and, out. And, you know, we only post on YouTube right now like twice a week. The, literally the same time as these episodes on like right. Spotify and But we're that. planning on doing a little bit more here soon. So... Be sure to check out our YouTube. Check out if you're on Spotify or Discord, Spotify or Discord, Spotify or iTunes. <laughs> give us a follow. Give us a rating and a review. We really appreciate that. So thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of the podcast. And until next time, have a great week, everybody. Take care, everybody. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.